Welcome to Not Your Mother's Menopause, Making Hormones Make Sense, with Dr. Fiona Lovely. Dr. Lovely is an expert on health, treating women and their families from around the world. Her specialities include endocrinology, functional neurology, and functional medicine. Please visit us at drlovely.com. And now, here's the doctor. Hello, ladies. Dr. Fiona Lovely here of the Not Your Mother's Menopause podcast. How's everyone doing? It is a gorgeous spring afternoon here in Western Canada, and true to Canadian style, we're about to get a big dump of snow <laughs> this weekend, uh, but you know, it's, uh, it's a-okay because it can't last forever, right? Anyways, episode 74 today, and I'm going to cover the topic uh, around heavy bleeding, a very, very common thing for women in perimenopause and even women who aren't yet uh, in perimenopause. Uh, before I get too far into the details, I wanted to share a little bit of information from our episode sponsor today, Hook Media Marketing. There are some things that I've been wanting to do with my community and business online, but didn't know how to do, and certainly didn't have the time to learn how. Those of you who know me know I have lots of ideas, but not a lot of time. One of those ideas I've had for a long time has been to expand this community out to other platforms, but quite frankly, it seemed all pretty overwhelming. Along came Keith and Taylor from Hook Media. I heard about them from Dr. Terry Irwin, the vaginecologist, during our recent interview. Together with Hook Media, we are creating a bunch of really exciting content across different platforms and revamping my website so I can offer more resources and opportunities to my listeners. If you're a busy entrepreneur, please check out Hook Media. They're offering free consultation sessions to my listeners, so check them out at Hook Media Marketing on Facebook and Instagram or hookmediamarketing.com and schedule a time to talk. All right, so very common subject of heavy bleeding. And this is my attempt to give you the information you need um, if you are experiencing this. And as always, I'm going to start with a little bit of science first. Um 50% of us will have a heavy cycle uh, during our reproductive years. Um, for a lot of women, that is in the perimenopausal era, of course, 35 to 55. Um, and it will increase, the heaviness of your flow will increase in perimenopause with multiple pregnancies, okay? So if that's you, that's a, a good explanation, but heavy essentially is defined as a longer period, longer than seven days. Uh, you're changing your pad or tampon every one to two hours. Um, you may be soaking through clothing or through bed sheets. Uh, and if you look at the clots, which is the endometrial tissue that's coming out of you, if they're larger than a quarter, that's a sign that you're having a heavy cycle and they should be smaller than a, a quarter. So just for context, the normal menstrual blood loss is one to six tablespoons, which seems like, oh my gosh, that seems like not very much. 
Of course, it depends on your cycle. But when I when I heard that, I thought, okay, well, that's funny because it, it seems like so much more than that, right? So again, this is a very, very common problem with women for women. And um, it, you know, it's kind of scary when it happens. I remember when I first had a, what's called a flooding period and it just freaked me right out. And I, it, it, I was a younger woman and, and I became aware of just how much stress affected uh, my cycle. And it was during an intensely stressful time in my life. And I know for me during that time, I was, I wouldn't even make an hour on a super plus tampon. So again, it's scary, right? Cause it's so disruptive to your life. On top of that, I have, um, you know, many years of practice with women telling me just how much they were bleeding, um, was an uncommon for me to hear women with heavy cycle using an adult diaper along with multiple tampons inserted. Okay. Like shake your head a minute and go, Whoa, how is that even possible? Well, of course it's possible. The vagina is incredibly elastic. I just don't know how comfortable it would be. Um, but I suppose we have lives to live and, and women are really good at we're being we're taught to shut up and put up aren't we so and we don't dare talk about these very taboo subjects when indeed they can affect the quality of our lives terrifically so if you are having heavy bleeds i encourage you to do a little investigating to to understand where it may be coming from. And in just a moment, I'm going to talk about the different causes of heavy bleeding. Um, and I just want to point out as well that when you are a heavy bleeder uh, for a length of time, you put yourself at risk of uh, iron deficiency anemia. And that shows up like weakness, fatigue, low mood, etc. There's a lot of things that are associated with anemia. And I can tell you um, that when you are anemic, all of the systems of your entire body are at a deficit and working um, less than they're capable of. So it's really something you want to have investigated with, uh, with regularity with your GP or your provider that can do blood testing. And there is an entire episode on anemia. It's so important, not just for women's health, uh, but also for brain health and especially brain health at midlife. Uh, it's episode 65. So I'm going to encourage you to go back and listen to it. If you think that might be you. Okay, so what are the causes then of heavy bleeding for women? Well, one of the most common causes is endometriosis, which is essentially the endometrium is the lining of the uterus, okay? And so if you think about the uterus in terms of its purpose, which is to sustain a pregnancy, um, the endometrium makes up this juicy, cushiony uh, spot for an egg to implant and grow and a fertilized egg to implant and grow. And in some cases, the endometrium can grow either out of control inside the uterus or outside the uterus, certainly out of control. Typically that's in the abdominal cavity, but it can be, um, you know, around the ovaries or the fallopian tubes, etc. And when you have endometriosis, you can have heavy cycles. 
You can also have heavy bleeding with uterine fibroids, which are non-cancerous growths of muscle tissue. So the uterus is a muscular organ, and it has multiple layers of tissue uh, muscle fibers. And what can happen is the endometrium can sometimes uh, end up implanting between those muscular layers and then you get a little growth there that's what a fibroid is um, it's called a fibroid tumor but it's not a cancerous tumor okay so but it can uh, definitely uh, increase your uh, menstrual bleed and put you at an increased risk for cramping and also anemia and it's a very very common thing so stress, as I mentioned earlier, changes the cycle, and we have certainly seen that in the last year as, you know, the word unprecedented is getting thrown around an awful lot, but really it, it is very, very true. This is uh, stress levels like we have never experienced, and so depending on how well you are managing that stress, um, that may be changing what your cycle looks like as well, not just is your bleed heavier, but it's it could potentially also be changing the length of your cycle, whether you're skipping periods or not, whether your periods are lighter. I know for me during times of stress, my period tends to come late and is heavy. So, um, you know, that's, that's my tell. And that's why it's always good to track your cycle, ladies, because then you have a really good idea, like month over month, what kinds of things you're doing or your body is doing and you can and you can respond accordingly. Okay, as I mentioned perimenopause is a very very common time to have heavy menstrual bleeds. It is not unusual in the second to third sorry, the second to last um, uh, phase of perimenopause, the fourth phase of perimenopause, where you can start skipping periods. And when you skip periods, of course, what happens is that that lining continues to build. It gets thicker. And so when you do shed the lining, it's heavier. Totally makes sense, right? So um, it's terribly inconvenient, especially if you're trying to book a trip and that's usually when it shows up. But you know, is that just me? <laughs> Oh, terribly inconvenient. Anyways, um, so very, very common for women to have that in perimenopause. Um, typically doesn't last longer than two or three cycles. If it does, it's worth investigating with your health provider. Um, but again, very, very common. So we're also seeing some interesting uh, evidence, some anecdotal and some um, science-based uh, or research-based on COVID-19 infection causing changes to the menstrual cycle. Now, that can be anything from a longer cycle, not getting your period for more than 30 days, or shorter cycles, heavier bleeds, heavier PMS, or lighter. Some women have a lighter period. Something else to consider when, when thinking about uh, heavy menstrual bleeding is PCOS or polycystic ovary syndrome. Um, that would be something you'd see typically. You likely have been symptomatic enough that you've been diagnosed prior to perimenopause. We're seeing this more and more. It's associated with a number of things, um, including metabolic syndrome. And uh, it's... Um, Again, one of those things that can cause you to skip periods and then you're building up the lining of the uterus is how that works. Another common cause of heavier bleeds is a copper IUD. And these have sort of fallen out of favor. 
in recent years with the advent of the uh, synthetic progesterone or hormone implanted IUD. And, uh, but the copper IUD has been around forever. Um, and it, something about the implantation of it can cause heavy bleeding. Chances are, if you've got one, you were told that plenty of times before you had it uh, inserted. Now, something else to consider uh, is miscarriage. Now, miscarriage is extremely common. And it is true that... um, How do I word this? It's true that women, a lot of women will miscarry before they even knew they were pregnant. And you have to look at it in terms of why does a miscarriage that early happen? It's usually because there's some sort of um, issue with the egg as it was implanting, etc. And because um, keep in mind, if you're miscarrying around the time of your menstrual cycle, chances are you've been pregnant for, you know, two weeks, right? So um, chances are you had no signs at all otherwise that you could be. And so that's a very, very common thing. And it may be something that you're not even thinking about, but that would be a one-off, meaning it would happen typically one time. Now, a lot of women in the perimenopausal era are not thinking any longer about pregnancy, but boo, mother nature has a sense of humor. And as long as you are ovulating, you can get pregnant. It doesn't matter how old you are. (laughs) So you still need to be concerned about birth control if you are sexually active. Okay, another reason for uh, uh, uncontrolled uh, menstrual bleeding is thyroid disease that either hasn't yet been diagnosed or isn't well controlled. So um, this is a a more and more common thing I'm seeing in my practice is women with thyroid issues. So make sure you're working with a practice provider, a practiced provider around thyroid. Super, super important because thyroid disease um, has sort of, it's nuanced and there's multiple layers to it. And those testing your um, uh, blood, especially here where I am in in Alberta, aren't always testing all the layers of how the thyroid functions. So you really need to be working with somebody who um, knows what they're doing with the thyroid. And there's uh, quite a few episodes where I talk about thyroid function and the appropriate testing. So you can always go back and reference those as well. The final thing I want to talk about about, about why heavy bleeding can happen is estrogen dominance. Again, so, so common for women. So we have these two primary movers in the female hormone system. We have estrogen and progesterone. And estrogen rules the first half of that cycle, the cycle. So that's the time you bleed until the time you ovulate. And during that time, estrogen's job is to tell the lining of the uterus to grow, to proliferate, to become juicy and cushiony in preparation for implantation of a fertilized egg. And when the ovulation happens, but no egg gets fertilized, then the signals go to releasing that endometrial lining. Okay, that's essentially the menstrual cycle over approximately 28 days. And there are a lot of reasons we can get too much estrogen in the system, but you know, just some some examples are uh, years on birth control, 
taking hormone replacement therapy that isn't well managed. Um, we get it from cosmetics. We get it from uh, car exhaust and carpet backing and paint and a number of other chemicals in the soup that we're in. It's in uh, the lining of aluminum cans. It's in the plastics that we potentially are putting in the microwave or the plastic um, water bottles that we're keeping in our hot cars. Um, that is all estrogen-like substances. Some women have been told that taking soy is a good idea. Um, that is a, um, a, a, a source of, of estrogen as well. So it's a good idea to have your estrogen tested. And in fact, we're going to talk next about what you can do for yourself. And that's the number one thing I have on the list is could your estrogen be high? You need to get it tested. You should have it tested via blood. Um, first with your GP, if, uh, but the ultimate test is the saliva test from your, um, functional medicine provider. Number two on that list of things you can do for yourself is tend to your gut microbiome. It turns out that there are estrogen controlling bacteria that are part of the gut microbiome. That's their job is to control the estrogen in your body. Like crazy, right? So when I talk about the importance of cultivating the garden, of your microbiome. I'm not kidding. It really affects all systems. So make sure you're taking a daily probiotic. Make sure you're eating prebiotic fiber. That's things like leeks and onions and garlic and chicory and jicama. Um, those kinds of things daily. Uh, certainly fermented foods are really helpful for the microbiome as well. Next question I have for you is, is your detox system working well? Now, if you happen to know your genetic status, especially around the Alzheimer's and dementia risk, if you happen to have any copies of the APOE3 gene, chances are your detox systems are impaired and you need to push them. So that would look like taking a liposomal, <clears throat> excuse me, glutathione or an acetylcysteine um, on a daily basis, but also to uh, push the functions that detoxify the body. So that's urine, sweat, poop, and breath. So make sure you're taking nice deep breaths, which I certainly have encouraged you plenty in the podcast. Make sure you're having lots of fiber every day. Eight servings of vegetables and fruit a day um, will help with um, moving things out of the body via the intestinal tract. Um, certainly exercise, infrared sauna, etc. great for sweating and making sure you're drinking enough water every day to get uh, the urine systems flushing things out. And that's two to three liters a day for most of us. Another thing you can do in regards to heavy bleeding is to reduce inflammation. Now, I have had multiple patients over the years who have severe endometriosis who literally had a turnaround in a matter of a month once they removed the food intolerances that were causing and driving inflammation in their body. Now, every time I have seen it in my office, it has been a gluten allergy or a grain allergy. So if you struggle with endometriosis and um, your doctor's only given you prescription options for it, I'm going to encourage you to try going completely grain-free. It has to be gone from the system. It can't be a little bit gone or mostly gone. It has to be totally gone because it's an allergen. 
So Another thing that, that drives inflammation, of course, is stress or dis, uh, dysglycemia, or, uh, which is blood sugar, not doing what it's supposed to do. And I really want to encourage you to go back to the fasting episode and listen to that, um, which I believe is episode 69, um, which will give you information on how to reverse uh, uh, inflammation. So, so important. Now, listen, if you are having breakthrough bleeding, that means either you've stopped your menstrual cycle as in your menopausal, but you have a bleed that is otherwise unexplained, you need to see your GYN or GP about that. Um, That's also true if you're having breakthrough bleeds in the middle of the month. Something to investigate there for sure. Certainly if it happens once or twice, no big deal. Um, But if if it's ongoing, then it really needs to be investigated. I talked about thyroid imbalance. Uh, Certainly have your thyroid checked by someone who understands and knows what to check for with a thyroid. And consider progesterone, bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, if yours is low. Of course, I want you to test first. I always want you to test first because throwing hormones at a problem without testing doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But a lot of women not only have high estrogen during um, uh, perimenopause, or even if estrogen is, is normal, but the progesterone is really low, that's still estrogen dominant. So you have to bring those into balance. And anytime we have anything going on that is heavy bleeding, that is a very much a sign that the estrogen is out of balance somehow. So it's worth having your saliva checked to see what's happening with your estrogen to progesterone ratios. So another place that estrogen can creep in uh, is, as I talked about before, it's the bad beauty products. It's cosmetics laden with um, estrogen-like substances. It's bisphenol A. It's the plastics that I talked about. Um, Find out where those are in your system and eliminate them. Stop the exposure. And finally, finally, and if you are listening to this episode and wondering how do I help my heavy bleeding right now, um, ibuprofen, if you've been able to take it before, um, so presuming that your doctor has said it's okay for you to take ibuprofen, an ibuprofen dose uh, over a day or so will reduce uh, the prostaglandins, which are involved in the inflammatory process uh, of heavy bleeding. But also, if you are hemorrhaging, please visit your emergency room or GP on the same day. Um, That's really, really important too, because um, as I said, you can get sick with anemia pretty fast here um, when you're hemorrhaging at that level. So it's always worth speaking up and uh, you are worth talking about to somebody. So please don't make it about, uh, I can't deal with this myself. I need to uh, just forget it's happening and focus on somebody else. Don't do that. (laughs) Just don't. It's okay. You can stop that. Please take care of yourself. It's really, really important. So, okay. That's all I got for today. I hope there was some goodies here for you. I love bringing these podcasts to you. I love it when you guys send me a message through the website to let me know that, um, 
you know, here's something, a topic I want you to talk about, please. Um, that, that matters. So my website is drlovely.com. It's in the process of getting a revamp. So depending on when you're listening to this episode, you may be looking at the new one already, which is, which is cool. Uh, and, uh, certainly you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. Instagram's at Dr. Fiona Lovely and on Facebook, it's at not your mother's menopause podcast. So until next time, take care of yourself, be kind to each other, be kind to yourself, and we'll talk soon. Bye for now. The views and nutritional advice expressed by Dr. Fiona Lovely are not intended to be a substitute for conventional medical service. If you have or suspect that you have a medical problem, promptly contact your healthcare provider. No information offered here should be interpreted as a diagnosis of any disease, nor an attempt to treat or prevent or cure any disease or condition. As with any new advice or program, you should always contact your healthcare provider prior to starting anything new. Thank you.